You have the American dream. You own your own business. But owning a business turns out to be more than you thought. It's a pain in the neck. You're not getting where you want to go. You're not getting what you want to get. And you're working 97 hours a week. We're here to help you fix that. This is the Small Business Celebration Podcast. I am your host, Michael Roberts, and on this podcast, you can learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Before we begin our interview with this week's successful small business visioneer, I want to take a moment and thank you, the listener, for helping Small Business Celebration reach a significant milestone. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, you're about to hear of an example of why. 1,500 plus small business owners connect with Small Business Celebration on a weekly basis. And when you consider that Kern County has just over 10,000 small businesses, 1,500 plus weekly connections is a big deal. We want to thank the tremendous content that our Visioneer guests continue to provide this podcast, our sponsors, and you, Visioneer Nation, who have subscribed to this podcast, internalized our guests' valuable insight, and because of it, are growing a strong and profitable business. And we thank you. Visioneer Nation, let me ask you a question. What does Tracy Leach, Dave Plivlich, Roosevelt Scott, Brandon Martin, Wayne Dietz Jr., Crystal Garcia, Richard Chapman, and Tim McNeely all have in common with our guest today? Our guest is Jeff Gutierrez with DeWalt Corporation, and he is friends with all those prior guests here on the Small Business Celebration podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you. And for those who aren't familiar with you and DeWalt Corporation, tell us a little bit about what it is that uh, your business does. Uh, here at DeWalt Corporation, we are primarily civil engineers and land surveyors. Mm -hmm. But in addition to that, we do some 3D laser scanning and modeling. Mm -hmm. uh, we do some subsurface utility mapping as well. And what is the purpose of doing all that? Well, I... I I guess the easiest way for me to explain it, all of our clients, one way or another, have a piece of land, and mm -hmm. they're trying to leverage their land for profit in some way. So they want to know where the boundaries of their land are. That's mm -hmm. where the land surveying comes in. Mm -hmm. uh, they may want to know how to improve their land uh, so that it uh, it can yield its highest value, and that's where the civil engineering comes in. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes they have existing uh, structures or items on their land, and 3D laser scanning can map those items very precisely so they know where they are and, you know, what's there. Um, sometimes it's good to know what's underneath your land. Sure. And that's where the subsurface utility mapping comes in. Um, before you go and dig a hole, they want to see if there's a pipeline down there. So, yeah. To clarify what your business does, if you, for our listeners who have been down 24th Street through the big construction site, it was a company, yours or like yours, that went through and dictated where those improvements were to go and which where the property lines were so that the city could go ahead and figure out how that whole construction project happened, correct? Correct, yeah. I would guess the sequence of events was a subsurface utility group went through there first and tried to identify what was underneath the ground. Mm. Then, they ha then they got a survey company to come in and survey all those marks in addition to where the pavement ends, 
where the curb and gutter is, where the sidewalk is, all the things that were in the way of the construction project. Hmm. And that surveyor gave that information to a civil engineer who designed all the new things mm-hmm. that they were going to do and designed it in hopefully a way that didn't interfere, have any conflicts with what's existing there. Then um, a, probably a surveyor came back after the engineering to put marks on the ground telling uh, the construction company where the new items were going to go. So There's a tremendous amount of information that needs to be correlated and compiled before the project even begins as well as as the project is continuing so that we make sure that everything is supposed to go where it's supposed to go. Correct. I, I, you know, um, in, in a perfect world, mm-hmm. um, a, a client would hire an engineer to keep from making mistakes along the way, you know, and just starting a construction project without a set of plans and a direction on where he wanted to go. Instead, let's have this engineer figure out where everything is going to go ahead of time with the best possible knowledge that we have, and then maybe that will reduce how much I'm going to pay to imp- make these improvements. One of the reasons why I was so looking forward to this interview is because of your personal story with DeWalt Corporation because you have a a life's journey that is something out of Hollywood and the American dream. And that is because you started with this company at the very bottom of the company and you worked all the way through management and end up purchasing ownership of DeWalt Corporation. And you did all this without any formal college education, correct? That's correct. One of the things that I find so fascinating with this is you are at the same time now saying you wish you had a college education in the School of Business to help you with the ownership of this business. Absolutely, that would have made for a smoother transition into becoming a businessman. How so? I probably make mistakes and learn from those mistakes. I think I'm good at that. Uh But uh, somebody that might have been trained or educated in business may not have had to make those mistakes and would just have moved more quickly uh, into um, you know, success as a, as a business person. And can you give us an example of how you think you would have done things differently had you been formally educated? Well, here, here's what, I, I guess here's what I'll um, – I had crutches along the way. Okay. So one of those crutches was my accountant mm. who's been great to me. Um, you know, I, I I was a technical guy mm-hmm. at coming up, th- you know, from the bottom of the company up. up. Um, so I knew how to do the technical things, um, but of course I had no business training, so I really didn't know how to be a businessman. And he gave me some of the best advice I've ever, you know, had. He he said, "Look, those technical things that you know how to do, they can't stop all of a sudden because you're a businessman." So he said, "While you're learning how to become a businessman, I can help you with that part of it. Mm-hmm. So keep doing." The stuff you've always done. Keep making your clients happy. Keep doing the work. And as time goes on, I'm going to teach you how to, um, you know, how gap accounting works. Um, (laughs) How to proactively, you know, um, plan for your taxes at the end of the year. How to, you know, how to not be reactive all the time, but being proactive as a businessman. And um, I got to give, I got to give Tim Hubble, Mm -hmm. my accountant, a lot of credit for that. Yeah, he, he was a crutch for me. And yet, at the same time, it's not like you didn't void yourself of education. You mentioned earlier that you went ahead, and even though you were not schooled formally in business, you went and sought 
information and and business advice. How did you go about doing that? Um, yeah, so there just were programs that were put into place by various organizations, and as I found out about them, if I thought it had value for me, I would go and participate. Um, Goldman Sachs had a has continues to have a program called Ten Thousand Small Businesses, mm -hmm. and uh, to which you're certified. Yeah, yeah, I went through their program, mm -hmm. um, and I think what Ten Thousand Small Businesses' goal is, um, you know, much like your organization recognizes the value of small business, uh -huh. Goldman Sachs has also, and their idea was, hey, if, if we take Ten Thousand Small Businesses. And we can help them double what they do in a year. What does that mean to the U.S. economy? Right. What does that mean for us as investors, you know? Mm -hmm. So they they set about, they w went to Babson College, this, um, you know, very well thought of uh, business college in uh, Boston and had a program put together. And then they set out to implement it throughout the United States. The one that I attended was in Long Beach, so I had to spent some you know weekends and I did a lot of driving to Long Beach but um, it was a great program for me and I met I met some great people in there some people who are a lot like me uh -huh. um, some guys that were technical guys like me who mm -hmm. ended up owning companies and were there you know trying to do what I was doing there um, yeah um, Southern California Edison who's a uh, we've done some work for mm -hmm. um, they um, reach out to small businesses and try to bring them, you know, help them develop so that they can bring value to uh, Southern California Edison. Mm -hmm. I think there's probably a mandate for them to do that from the CPUC, but nonetheless, it's a program that was out there. I participated in a program there, and um, it's called their EDGE program, but very similar kind of a program. Hey, you know, the more business acumen that we can give you mm -hmm. and the more solid your company becomes the better we feel about doing work with you right because you're not going to fail you're not going to disappear and us have to go and find another company to do business with and so um they invested in in me and dewalt corporation Imagine having fun learning comprehensive firearms training indoors on Kern County's largest interactive firearms virtual simulator. Triple Threat Solutions offers affordable, comprehensive firearms training that is the same caliber for you and your employees as they train law enforcement officers. Call Roosevelt Scott with Triple Threat Solutions today at 661-374-1180 and sign up for a private session in his state-of-the-art laser virtual shooting range for only $45. For one hour, you and three of your employees can use this state-of-the-art indoor air-conditioned laser virtual shooting range for only $45. Call Triple Threat Solutions today at 661-374-1180 or go to triplethreatsolutions.net. That's Triple Threat Solutions at 661-374-1180 or go to triplethreatsolutions.net. We're here talking with Jeff Gutierrez with DeWalt Corporation, and we're talking about continuing education because this is key to the long-term sustainable growth of any small business owner. And one of the things that you are admitted to is an avid podcast listener, which is great for those of us here on the podcast. And explain to our audience why you listen to so many variety of different kinds of podcasts. I, I think I'm an information junkie for one thing. Mm. And probably a, uh, 
you know, annoying know-it-all as well. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I just have found podcasts, uh, this way of delivering information that uh, just really works for me. I I spend time in my vehicle. I'm I'm a, I like riding bicycles, and so when I'm on my bike, um, I like that flow of information that's coming into my into my head. I hopefully I try not to find too many podcasts that are in perfect alignment with my politics or my belief system, mm. because I think it's important that you hear maybe some other points of view. Mm. Um, I get I get. Uh, teased by some of the guys in my office <laughs> who are extremely conservative mm-hmm. because I listen to quite a few NPR poly, uh, sure. podcasts. Sure. And they're, you know, they tease me. They say, what are you, you know, <laughs> you know you're jumping you know, ship. You're on the wrong side. But there's good perspective in those podcasts. One of the things I wanted to also ask you about is as you were developing your your business and you were coming up through the ranks as it were before you purchased your business were you involved with the community as as part of your growth in doing this your involvement in the rotary club and the the rio bravo biathlon and these other organizations and things that you've participated in was that part of your long-term growth and and development into finally purchasing dewalt I'm going to have to confess that it wasn't. I probably was much more focused on doing a good job for my boss while I worked for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had an identity in that, mm-hmm. that um, that I was this guy who worked hard and did a good job and completed his projects on time and you know did well for the company. Um, it, it wasn't till after... I became a business owner that I really started to understand and see the value of um, investing in your community. Um, and why was that? I think uh, I think in all of the programs that I've been involved in, mm-hmm. that was definitely something that was um, put out there as um, if, if business owners aren't, there supporting their local community things, then those things will start to die, and you know the the fabric of of America starts you know starts to tear apart. And so, um, you know, I I I'm, I'm I belong to a Rotary here mm-hmm. in Bakersfield. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't join the Rotary till after I'd become a business owner, um, but I see you know these guys that I have lunch with every week. Um, it's kind of their way of saying, hey, I exist because the people in this community patronize my business. Right. I, I think I owe them something. As a small business owner, you are a visioneer, a pioneer with vision. But sometimes it's hard to see the forest through the trees. You know where you want to go. You know what you want to do and have. But you need a confidential second set of eyes to help you get there. Small Business Celebration can be those eyes. Go to smallbusinesscelebration.com and schedule a listening session. See the forest through the trees. Realize your vision. Go to smallbusinesscelebration.com and schedule a listening session today. We're here with Jeff Gutierrez with DeWalt Corporation. And I want to touch on something that I thought was very intriguing as I was doing some homework. And that is you are very involved with the advancements of technology. 
and the way technology can both affect your business and affect your business. And tell us a little bit about how technology in your line of work has changed in the last 10 years. Sure. Certainly in the uh, land surveying industry, mm -hmm. huge technological changes in just my lifetime. How so? So I'll say that uh, when, when I first started uh, land surveying, uh, I didn't need batteries in order to go and do my job <laughs> every day. Okay. I would say now one of the most important things that happens every day at my company is that our batteries get charged because if we don't have batteries, our guys can't work. Right. So everything is powered now. Um, so just quickly going through uh, ways of measuring things. So land surveyors are land measurers. So when I first started, we actually used a steel tape, mm -hmm. a rolled-up steel tape that had marks on it for feet. Um, that's how we measured things. Um, not long after I started, they, uh, you know, the technology of using uh, laser light beams to mm -hmm. measure. Mm -hmm. So a piece of equipment would shoot a laser light beam to a reflector, and that would come back, and there would be a few... Um, um, atmospheric things that you'd have to dial in, but very accurately could measure a distance and a, a much greater distance than the steel tape. So it's, just, it's a huge deal for surveyors, right? Sure. Well, then not long after that, robotic instruments started coming about. So these robotic instruments, um, rather than manually turning an angle mm -hmm. and measuring a distance, this robot would have gears in it and it would automatically turn that angle for you. You would just have to tell it what angle to turn, and then it would measure distances. So an another big technology you know, leap. Not long after that, GPS came along. So global positioning systems, satellites talking through radio waves to you know, handheld you know, things on the ground, instruments that we had on the ground, um, measuring time and distance so that we could get accurate measurements down on the ground. All of a sudden, I didn't have to see. Line of sight went away. I didn't have to see between me and something else in order to measure it. I could stand here and measure this point and then walk around the corner and measure that point. And it, it just it just opened up um, a whole whole different world for surveyors. Um, my, my GPS uh, equipment allowed me to measure accurately probably within a six-mile radius. I could never have done that with my um, just my laser li um, distance meter. So, yeah, huge, huge jumps in technology. Now uh, laser scanning is the next big jump. Rather than just single points of measurements, mm -hmm. now I can send out a, a whole phase beam of light, and I can take and measure actual objects all at once. I can capture, um, I could go to your vehicle sitting out in the parking lot and make a complete 3D model of your vehicle in half an hour. And has it been crucial to your business to keep up with this technology and not be left behind? Absolutely. I, I, you know, I, I, hope, I hope for the most part positively. There were definitely uh, a couple of times where we bought into some equipment that didn't quite pan out. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think by and large I was happy I took that step because um, you know, I, I wanted to try and stay current with uh, uh, equipment. I'd like to think that we're pragmatic about it. 
that um, I don't just buy a new piece of equipment because it's a new piece of equipment. But for the most part, I, I do it because I, I see some value to my client. Right. If I get that piece of equipment, can I more efficiently, you know, serve my client? And can I also beat my competitor to some degree um, if he doesn't have this piece of equipment? So, What would be the downside of not getting keeping up with technology? If you, you know, I think that if you don't keep up with technology, then you you end up being less efficient. Mm-hmm. And it's not that you can't do the work. If I had the same pieces of equipment that I had when I first started, mm-hmm. I could do the job, mm-hmm. but I couldn't do it as fast. I couldn't do it as accurately. Mm. Um, I, I probably couldn't compete. Mm. I, would, I wouldn't be able to compete. So. Right. I want to shift a little bit into leadership and owning a business and the perspective difference between being an employee and being the owner of the business. And one of the things I came across that I thought was was rather clever was that you like to encourage your employees to recognize each other's insights and their strengths and their weaknesses. And talk a little bit about how you came to recognize this as something that was significant and important to your business. It might be something that I uh, inherited from Dennis DeWalt, okay. who's the guy that I I bought the company from. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dennis uh, valued my opinion. Wow! And um, even you know, as that, even as the little guy on the bottom of the totem pole, at various maybe not at that point, <laughs> but at some point, you know, during our relationship, um, he, he would consult me on things, and. And that's empowering to you. Right. <laughs> that really yeah. makes you feel like, hey, the boss cares what I think about, you know. Right. So I I think when I, when I became the business owner, I, I definitely – I remember thinking um, I don't really need a lot of people around me telling me what I need to hear mm. because really then I'm just, I'm just one guy. There's only one th- thought that is, you know, leading my company. It's my thought and a bunch of people telling me that I have a good thought. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I have people, you know, all being honest with me and giving me their opinion and their insights, now we have a thought, you know, bubble that's filled with, you know, six, seven, eight people's opinions. And so, um, yeah, I definitely want to encourage all my employees, yeah, tell me what you think. I got to know. Right. Good, bad, or otherwise. I can't make good decisions in a vacuum of information and and um, they've got information I don't, yeah. especially if they've been if they're the boots on the ground. Absolutely. And one of the things I also thought was a little bit interesting is I, I came across your Facebook page, and you've got a wonderful picture of the Green Lantern, who, for those who don't know, is a comic book hero. And I loved your comment that it is his will that puts the super in this hero. And tell us a little bit about why, but the thinking behind that comment. I don't remember it. <laughs> I don't even remember it. <laughs> oh, I don't remember it, honestly. Excellent. All right. That's really good, though. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I remembered what I was thinking. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't remember that. Okay. And I, I, I am a kind of a Green Lantern fan, but, um, but I, I got to admit... I always have kind of wondered, like, he's the guy with the ring, right? Right. What is the deal? How did how did that work? You know, how did the <laughs> ring give him superpowers? Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> well, no, it's all good because I thought that was very instructive because what I took out of that is it is his will that puts the super in superhero. And this pertains so much to our everyday lives is that we have the ability to control ourselves and we're able to control our thinking with divine intervention and help, but we're able to go ahead and, and control our whole line of thinking and what comes into our head and the way that we process things. And I, that's what I took away from that. I, I don't know if you share that idea or that not. sounds really good. Yeah, stick with that. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I've noticed here in your office is that you are a big supporter of sports here in Bakersfield, everything from the the Bakersfield Blaze to the the Condors to all kinds of different uh, the real Bravo Rumble, and I've noticed that part of the, your ability to support athletics and your ability to support these kinds of things comes from the ability to own a business and have the time and the and the ability to do it. Give us a little bit of a, of some of the things that you're able to do because you own a successful business. Sure. Um, well, first I'll tell you a lot of these sports memorabilia and, the, and my relationship to sports in Bakersfield comes mm. from having relationships with people. Mm. So uh, one of my best friends was the uh, coach of the Bakersfield Blitz, our, our uh, arena league football team that was here. Right. And um, the Condor thing, I have a, a long time dear employee who just is the big, the biggest Condor <laughs> fan there is. <laughs> And so I get, you know, game-by-game game updates from him on how the Condors are doing. And so, yeah, that's probably where that came from. Uh, the Real Bravo Rumble, there's a uh, local um, um, physical therapist named Brian Monroe that puts that event on every year. And he's just a great friend and a great guy. And so I help him with that every year. Uh, he uses some of my equipment. Uh, we've done some surveying for him in the past to help him measure things on his course. Mm -hmm. um, happy to help him do that event. It's a great Bakersfield event, growing all the time. So, yeah, relationships draw me into that. And where I can use my equipment or um, my time to help, you know, my my friends out in that way mm -hmm. yeah, i'll do it i'll do it all the time yeah is this where you donated the truck to the bakersfield homeless center come come in came into play lewis gill he's a friend <laughs> yes um lewis is in my rotary uh we have done some uh um we belong to a, an organization that's a, a group of men who uh are reading scripture together mm -hmm. um so lewis and i have a close relationship and and yeah, helping Lewis out, yeah, happy to. Do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. One of the things we mentioned about or we talked about prior to recording this interview is the ability to articulate what you do to the public. And we talked about a variety of different things. But for our listening audience, our Visioneer Nation, explain to us how articulating what you do is so significant to your business. Yeah. This, uh, you're really hitting on something that uh, is kind of heavy on, on my mind as a, uh, as a land surveyor. I'm a licensed land surveyor. S certainly most of my clients know what I do. Mm -hmm. And 
they're coming to me to get that service, that professional service from me. Right. Um, the reason it's heavy on my mind uh, is because uh, land surveyors, at least in the state of California, haven't done a great job of teaching at least the last two generations about what we do and what its value is. Mm. Um, and so high school students, kids that are going into college, they're not, they don't have land surveying on their radar, and so we're not generating new land surveyors. And I see it as a, a push-the-panic-button issue. Mm. So I'll, I'll give you a statistic that I learned at our re- most recent uh, California Land Surveyors Association mm-hmm. conference. The average age of a licensed land surveyor in the state of California is 55. <laughs> so you've got them for five, for 10 years. <sighs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's the average age. And wow. they're just not coming into the industry uh, in the numbers that we that are going to be necessary to serve the public, in my estimation. Um, right. So Fresno State has a program where they uh, um, educate and train land surveyors. It's not a big program. They've threatened to close it a couple times because not enough students are getting involved in it. Right. But every kid that graduates from there has a job waiting for him the second he gets out. And how many majors do you know that the student can have a guaranteed job upon graduation? Thank you. (laughs) That's exactly. Here is this industry where young people with, um, you know, the the math that it takes to you know be able to have success mm-hmm. in the, the land surveying industry is is not uh, super high level math. I mean, uh, with high school math, you could uh, you know have mastered most of what you need in order to be a land surveyor. You can get this education and get a job, and and have a career, but it's just not on their radar. And I think the only person you can blame for that or our industry. We just mm-hmm. haven't done a good job of articulating that. And taking this down to the business owner themselves, why is communicating what your business does so so important and so needed? Well, I, I think just on a on a basic level of, you know, if people don't know what you're doing, they, then they're you're, they're never going to come to your door. Mm. Um, they'll they'll then they'll never know that they need you. Um, Probably, like like I said at the beginning, most of our clients have land one way or the other. Mm-hmm. There is an equal, you know, or a greater number of people who just are homeowners. And when you're a homeowner, you own a piece of land, right? And you paid for that piece of land, and you know you have a vested interest in knowing that your fence is on your land, and your neighbor's fence isn't on your land, right? Um, but you know, there's probably a lot of people who might not understand that you go to a licensed land surveyor to find those kinds of things out. Uh, what's six inches between friends, yeah, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's, that you're, you're exactly right. You touched upon that you would have made fewer mistakes had you had a formal education. And if you were, for lack of a better phrase, what would be some of the things that you would have missed that you would have, had you had a formal education, you would have been able to take care of more quickly and more efficiently? Probably um, most of it, you know, tracking um, the profitability of all the different aspects of your company. Mm. 
the accounting, the way that the accounting system was set up here at DeWalt Corporation when I took over, mm-hmm. um, I would have to say was probably more reactive. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you didn't know things about projects and profitability at that moment. Mm. It took the completion of them and a certain amount of uh, accounting to go on before you got those numbers. So you didn't have a, a the ability to see the big picture and then be able to judge the profitability of a project as it was going on and whether you needed to make course corrections during the project. Right. And we're, we're much more proactive now. You know, some of that has just been uh, technology. Right. Yeah. We have... Uh, you know, we have a software that's kind of industry specific mm-hmm. and is built so that at any moment we will know where we are on our projects, on our departments, the corporation as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What would be one of the upsides of not having a formal education have been with owning your business? I think... Um, the technology, the technical background that mm-hmm. I had, mm-hmm. um, probably made it so that I could own this business. Mm. Um, I'm not sure, you know, if you were to, if you were to go to college and um, get a business degree, now you know how to do business. But what is the business that you're going to be in? Right. Um, at at some point, it has to get more specific. I, you know, I, I think a lot of business majors would say, "Well, I can." take what I've learned and I can apply it anywhere. Uh, that's probably true, but there's still going to be idiosyncrasy, idiosyncrasies. There's still going to be things that um, are specific to that industry that, you know, having knowledge of them mm-hmm. makes you, you know, more um, capable to run that business. Now that you've owned this business for a while, and you, you've had a, a significant amount of success with this in, uh, in, a, in a field that's definitely growing and growing every year. What are some of the benefits that you have earned or enjoyed as the business owner? Well, there's some security mm-hmm. to my, um, you know, my financial existence. I, uh, I'll, uh, I'll tell you that I have a, a son that has autism. Mm. And so he'll always be with my wife and I. Mm-hmm. He's he's not going to live independently. Um, and so, you know, whatever uh, accumulation of, of financial security that we can, you know, gain for him once we're gone, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a big focus for us. And owning a company um, has allowed me to, to do some planning for... You know what life for Gianni is going to be like after Irma and I are are gone. Right. Yeah. Right. And this would be something that, had you not had a successful business, you wouldn't be able to necessarily do. Probably not to the same extent. Right. Yeah. Right. So I have a daughter as well, mm-hmm. um, and she's fully aware that at some point in time, she's going to have the responsibility of taking care of her brother, and. That's a that's a burden. Yeah, that she didn't. She didn't sign it, up for this. She didn't sign up for it. It's her burden. She knows it, and that's the, the you know the way things are. But uh, to whatever degree my success in business can help me to have allow Kimber to have a a regular life too. Mm-hmm. I got I've got to do that. Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, and I probably am able to do that more 
as a business owner than I maybe might have been able to do it as just uh, an employee. What would be one thing that you would recommend to Visioneer Nation that they could do for their businesses to help their business today? Well, um, you know, I'm a fan of education. Mm-hmm. If you have an opportunity to get involved in, you know, some uh, um, program that allows you to expand your education, I say, I say, do it. That's you know, no one can take that from you. Once that knowledge is in your head, nobody can take it away from you. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. So, I, I'm. I say, yeah, um, do that. Uh, also, um, just get involved in uh, community activities. Mm-hmm. Um, and why is that important? I just think relationships. Mm. You know, I uh, all those people that you mentioned earlier uh, that have. Uh, that I have things in common with that I'm they're they're my friends they're they're people I know and um you know I value that I I value um having them as friends so that I have somebody that I can turn to when I have a question right um, right uh you know e- even even though I've been uh running DeWalt Corporation for 12 years now I still don't know everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If people wanted to get a hold of you, how would they do that? Well, DeWalt Corporation has been downtown for the 12 years that I've owned it. Um, We're at the corner of 22nd and E. Mm -hmm. Our address is 1930 22nd Street, so somebody could stop in and um, say hello that way. Um, We have a website, uh, dewaltcorp.com, so it's pretty straightforward, easy to remember. Sure. Or uh, they could just give me a call, uh, 661-323-4600. That's our number. Jeff, thank you for being on the Small Business Celebration podcast and sharing your insight and wisdom. And we sincerely appreciate it. Thank you very much. It's been my pleasure. I've been asked, who is a visioneer? A visioneer is a small business owner who's a pioneer that has vision. A visioneer is someone willing to see the world, not as it is, but as it could be, and is willing to do something about it. A visioneer is ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than the mainstream competition. A visioneer gives value first because visioneers are in business for the long haul. Visioneers understand the difference between saving money and earning a profit. Visioneers define their destiny. Visioneers create their own luck. Visioneers surround themselves with successful, like-minded people. Visioneers are renegades who defy the mainstream competition and are ready to change the world. Are you a visioneer? Become a visioneer by joining the Tribe on Small Business Celebrations Facebook page and on Instagram today. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you may find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. And that's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. Also, if you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. If there is a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on Facebook and let us know. 
Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.